When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy, all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content. Everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. Welcome to episode 491 of the Barcelona Podcast, brought to you by the Blue Wire Podcast Network. I'm Dan Hilton, and yeah, we're going to keep it the same way we've been doing it in this preseason. This is episode 491 of the podcast, but it is also the five headlines review from Barcelona versus AC Milan that is going to be in video format on the YouTube channel and all that stuff. So yeah, let's get right into those five headlines. I know you're not here for all the preamble and stuff like that. Let's get into the five headlines here. Headline one is Dembele's shadow. As much as I would love to begin by starting to talk about the game, the fact that Dembele was sitting right there next to Frank Kessie, who is probably going to be leaving the club in an entirely different way. I mean, probably. That's why Kessie hasn't played for the last two matches. You assume that they are certainly in talks somewhere, and now that they are coming back from the U.S. tour, you expect a lot of that business. And I do add desk to that as well. I respect a lot of that business will be done now in the next two weeks or so. My point about the Dembele shadow thing is that it really did kind of loom over this whole game. And it did make me see the game and how Xavi decided to go at his, we'll say, first match in the post-Dembele era, I guess you want to call it that, and how he went about strategically trying to figure out how to exploit what Barcelona do well without Dembele. And of course, when Dembele is always injured, it's not like Xavi didn't have a huge sample size of this last season, especially in the second half, when both Pedri and Dembele were missing and Rafinha was the guy. But with that complicated situation, yeah, we all know he's going to PSG, but when and for what is definitely the key that I think, honestly, we saw Ansu hug him, and I'll get to that, I guess, maybe later, but we can do that part of it now, that when Ansu hugged his teammates in Kessie and Dembele, it's a reminder that 
for the players, they know that what they do is a business. They know that th- this club, yeah, as much as they say they're going to take care of you, players know that they're not going to be in the same place, or most players, 99% of them, are not going to be in the same place forever. I mean, even Andres Iniesta, Xavi, Messi, they've all ended their careers and will be ending their careers in different spots anyway. So players know that this is kind of a job, and you know they do have to look out for themselves. And Ansu has been treated well, and is probably good friends with Dembélé and Kessie in, in, in there. Well, for Kessie, the one year that they were together. So he goes over, gives them a hug and all that stuff, and I'm not too surprised by that at all. And I don't read into that at all in any way either. I mean, he was a part of the locker room, that being Dembélé, and why, why he goes to PSG is his own reasons. And if he wants to go, then let him go. The bigger surprise, honestly, about this match, not the fact that Dembélé was there, but that Abde got the start if he's going to Betis. And that's one of those things where as we get along in this preseason, I do think he's sticking around. And I know Sergio Desk came on and played, but I still believe that is to try to get anything out of his market value. Now, putting him up against Vinny Jr. and Rafael Leao in straight back-to-back matches, probably not great to put it both his market value, but I do think that Desk just kind of getting a run out and some team... Hopefully it will bite, and that's why he was on the field. Or he could also be that being Dest. I mean, there aren't too many right-backs if Sergio Roberto is seen as one of the midfield options this season, and Frank Kessie is gone. So Roberto's taking his spot. That means somebody's going to have to be, what is it, third choice, fourth choice, right-back behind Kunde, Araujo, and then Balde switching sides, and then Alonso's going to play left-back. So I already talked about it in the last podcast. But going back to Demolay, I think there's a lot being thrown out there about when and for how much he'll leave. And even though the stuff about a 50 million euro private clause and 25 million to him and whatever all is there, I do bet that Barcelona made some concessions when they signed that contract. But I also think that the negotiation won't be that complicated. It's two clubs that have done business before, as bad faith as it has been before with release clauses of Neymar and all that. And this is a negotiation for a player with one year left on his deal. I think above all else, that is how I view this transfer, is that Barcelona, at the end of the day, regardless of what they get for him, they're going to push to get as much as they want. Of course, that's in their best interest. And PSG is trying to push to pay as little as possible. That's in their best interest. And Dembélé's agent is trying to get him to PSG for the most money that he can get for him and his client. And he's going to try to make that possible too. So all three parties, of course, are fighting for their own thing. That is how a negotiation works. But again, with a player with one year left in his deal, if Barca gets something between 25 and 50 million, I think with one year left, he's going to leave for free next summer anyway. You take the deal and you run. It's just how long is it going to take to get this over the line? And what is that final figure through these negotiations? But we know that it's pretty much already done. Xavi's comments at the end of the game said as much. Headline two, let's talk about the game a little bit. Hope for Ansu Fati. I want to talk about the Galazzo because even though it's a preseason goal, you can't read too much into it, whether it's against, well, not having against Arsenal. There were three goals there, but whether it's Arsenal or Real Madrid or AC Milan, still, it's a preseason matchup. But Ansu Fati, what makes him special, regardless of the opponent, is that he's a special player. When he does special things, like striking the ball the way he does, you see it. And that is why there is always hope for Ansu Fati. For Ferran Torres, it's kind of a prove it to me. And he's been pretty bright, that being Ferran Torres. A, a, definitely a net positive, including against AC Milan this preseason. I've been happy with Ferran Torres. But you need to see multiple games back-to-back from Ferran Torres to kind of feel like he's out of a funk. But the way that Ansu strikes a ball, every time he, he scores a goal like that, you go, okay, that's the moment. And you feel like you've turned the corner because very few players hit a ball the way he hits a ball. I know a lot of players can score bangers like that. They score galazos. But 
I, there's something about how quickly it all happens for him. When he cuts it back to himself, sets himself up for the shot, all in the same move, then delivers. It's so effortless. And it, yeah, just terrific. So I'm not breaking any new ground here by continuing to say almost the same thing I said last year, that I don't put Barcelona's success on Ansu. There is still more responsibility on their success on one Lewandowski more than anyone else. So if you want to talk about his lack of scoring or just one goal in preseason, which I believe is the same number he had through three preseason games last season. So I wouldn't be that worried about Lewandowski. I think that guy, after all this time, knows the difference between preseason and regular season. And even after going scoreless against Raya Vacano, it did take him one match to kind of figure it all out in the regular season as well. But it's Lewandowski. And then it's what is Rafinha going to give you on the offensive end? And then it's everybody else. Of course, you're going to get some scoring from the midfield. You'd hope that that's a few more with going to win this season. But in the case of Ansu Fati, I mean, he's more about what is Barcelona's ceiling. In the inverse, we'll talk about later, Oro Vermeu is a lot more about Barca's floor. If Oro Vermeu, it doesn't look like he's going to be a flop, but if he winds up at the end of the season, we say, oh, what a flop of a transfer. That means that Barcelona's floor has lowered considerably. But the success of Ansu Fati, as we know, that just raises your ceiling and raises your ceiling and raises your ceiling. And I think their floor, whether Ansu, you know, if you have the hope that he is quote unquote back or not, I don't think that changes too much with Ansu's successes and failures. Headline three is make or break on the left. And that's the whole thing. That's in totality. Everybody who is on the left, Abde and Marcus Alonso and Balde and Ansu Fati in the second half. And I mean, not so much. Alex Valle came on late. But in the eighth minute, it was a yellow for Marcus Alonso pulling back Christian Pulisic, who wasn't great on the right wing. I mean, I do watch him enough with the U.S. and know that that guy likes to set up on the left side. And if AC Milan's going to play him on the right, I don't think that's best for him. But yeah, he wasn't totally comfortable that being Pulisic on the right. But Marcus Alonso had just stood him up a minute before, but then immediately pulls him back, gets the yellow in the eighth. And Alonso even delivered a really nice switch of play to Rafinha in the 11th minute, giving you three minutes of good bad, good in that Marcus Alonso sandwich of, okay, he's really going to make people remember all the bad things, and you're not going to remember any of the good things he does. But as we talked about with Rafa on the last podcast, that drop, Balde and Alonso, is going to be something I'm going to continue to have to rehash, feeling like rehashing over and over and over and over again. Abde, by the way, in that first half too, he's very one-footed. He really wants to get on his left. That's true. That has not changed in his time with Osasuna in that year. But what has changed for Abde, and where I think he's really matured, and you saw in this preseason, in these two matches that he really starred in, he's much better now at reading and his timing for when the second man is coming. And that's what leads that Alonso chance that Rafinha jumps out of the way of in that first half. I know it wasn't a great chance on goal, but it would have been if Alonso had gotten it more on goal and if Rafinha had been able to redirect it. That's the first goal of the game. And that is created because Abde is certainly better than what we even saw under Ronald Koeman. He has gotten better at reading when the second man is coming. And when we talk about space, that's the whole thing about replacing Dembele. Replacing Dembele from the left or the right doesn't matter as much if the space on the field is getting pulled anyway. Because what does Lewandowski, not say what does he care, he does, but it doesn't matter if Lewandowski is running through the space that is opened up between the right back and the right center back from Abde on the left, or he's running through the space that has been opened up by Rafinha making a touchline run between the left back and the left center back. It doesn't necessarily matter what near post run or what space Lewandowski is finding in the box. Whatever creates space by bringing a double onto the wings, that is the function of Xavi desiring 
to have players that can attract attention and create space for others. That's the whole point of that, including those late runs into the box from the midfielders as well. When you think of great duos, who do you think of? Jordan and Pippen or LeBron and Dwayne Wade. I mean, I talk about basketball a lot here on this podcast, but for the Barcelona version, there's PK and Puyol or PK and Mascherano or the easy example of Xavi and Iniesta. And as you can hear from my voice, the perfect teammates aren't just professional athletes. It's cold season. I guess the flu and cold medicine, perfect teammates as well. But in this case, when it comes to growing your business, that's you and Shopify. Shopify is a global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout up to 36% better compared to other leading commerce platforms. To be honest, I've been doing this show long enough. And as I mentioned, it's cold and flu season. You hear it in my voice, especially during the holiday season. So whenever it comes to this business, anything that I can set up and kind of have working in the background that I know and can trust is just plugging along without my attention. Those are the things that I really value at this point. So when my brain is foggy and all I can do is manage to turn on the microphone, talk to the guest, or just talk to myself and get out a piece of content, everything else, having that all automated or working in the background, that's been important to keeping me sane. And that's the thing about something like Shopify. What I do love about Shopify is how no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. So no matter how big or small, how good of a month or how bad of a month, things are just the same working in the background. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is a global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs on every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's extensive help resources are there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tbpod, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash tbpod now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash tbpod. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Going to the second half, Roberto, DeYoung, Lewandowski, Balde, and Ansu all entered. Pedri, Alonso, Fermin, Abde, and Farron all exited. And I thought this second unit, if you want to call it that, the, obviously there's a bunch of starters in there too. They, I think, had a little bit more into the game than that first half group had. To sum it up with even Sergio Roberto, they had a nice little buildup there in the 54th minute. It was really good stuff by Roberto, Balde, and DeYoung. What are you asking of Roberto? We'll keep... I don't know how much we'll have to talk about it, but if you want to say that's your sixth midfielder, 
What does your sixth midfielder give you? Because we have not seen Gabi. Don't forget about him. But yeah, if that's your sixth midfielder in Sergio Roberto, who is playing kind of as that pivot, sure, against lesser value. Yeah, he gives you that as your sixth midfielder. Then for me, Lopez, as I've talked about before, is an overqualified now seventh midfielder. Great. Awesome. And you even break that up into your defensive midfielders and your interiors. And if you think of that as different positions, Roberto is the one who you're going to see in both of those remunerations. And I think Xavi wants to know that. Like De Jong and Romeo, they're going to need some backups. And then Pedri and Gunawin and Gabi, they're going to need some backups. And that's how Xavi's kind of, I mean, it's a numbers game, right? Three midfielders. If he's going to play this 4-3-3 and then switch to that four midfield, you're going to need a ton of midfielders. Balde was probably the best first-team player on the field, and he played less minutes than every other first-team registered player in the match, it's really, really telling. I don't want to overrate Balde, but it's hard to argue how important he is to the way that Xavi is going to play without Dembele and the way that he did play when Dembele went down last year and just how important he is on Barcelona's left side. And we do talk about the drop with Alonso, but it is even a stylistic and a structural difference of what Balde is on that side. Because you could argue that it's not even make or break on the left, because it does seem like with Abde and what we just talked about, the ceiling of Ansu and then Balde, that Barcelona's success this season, unlike last year where you're like, okay, Rafinha, create something, do something, goal contributions, or Dembele, break this game open. It seems like things have now flipped. And this year it's going to be, what did we get out of our left wing? If the answer is not much this game, then likely Barcelona, maybe it's one nothing, or maybe they haven't scored at all and they put up a goose egg because they haven't got anything from their left wing in a game. But maybe I should also say the way it's going, that Balde is kind of make or break in transition, because on the right, Rafinha in transition isn't as good as Dembele. But Barcelona are also going to have their moments in transition too. What a beautiful offside goal that they could have had in transition. Rafinha getting out, out to Lewandowski, picked out Araujo for what would have been a really nice header goal if he wasn't offside by a country mile. But, you know, Xavi has changed with the times, and that's a good thing. A criticism of him is that he's been too vertical and not being instructed to how defenses can be exploited in modern football. And that is on the break. And as I said a few weeks ago with Balde, and I'll say it again, would you rather have Balde reset possession, recycle it, and try to build your attack as a unit with high possession and put pressure on that back line and try to pin them back. Barcelona will have to do that when teams get back in transition properly. But when you have Balde on the ball with space, I think Xavi is totally fine with saying, hey, Balde and probably Lewandowski or whoever is up top, Ferran Torres or Rafinha on the other side, Ansu, you two go at him. Whether it's two, that being two for Barcelona, V4, take those odds. Somebody might be coming in late or something might happen. The ball can bounce. And that is something I think through the years when Barcelona have struggled over, I'm talking the last 10, 15 years, even that when they have struggled, you've got the sense that they're just not finding a way to have the ball bounce their way. And the way to get the ball to bounce your way is to get into the final third of the opposition, get up there and see what happens, whether you're outmanned and yeah, you might lose the ball, but in theory, your other teammates are recognizing that, recognizing that you're at a numerical disadvantage and they're going to get in position to get the ball back and to create that press and to make it all work. 
And that verticality of Xavi's system, it's so interesting because he came in, people were criticizing the ideas that they thought he would bring in about too much possession and, oh, he's just going to be a, a student of tiki-tock and all that stuff. And now he's getting criticized for the opposite of too much verticality and relying on a player like Dembele, touchline wingers to create chaos. And that's the issue. So I don't know what to tell you. I think the perfect situation for Barcelona is a balance of all those things. The best teams are those that can force oppositions out of their defensive situations and schemes and whether it's a low block or a medium block and attack the opposition at all times in every different way with the ball, without the ball, turning them over. That's what gets it done. If there's room in transition, get vertical, go, go, go. And if a team is going to sit in a low block, are you a team that's good enough to break that down? And so for Xavi, don't think of it as like, well, this is the way he wants to play. But it's how good is Barcelona at solving all of those different problems that an opponent might give you. And the better teams, like in AC Milan, like Real Madrid, they have a lot of different ways to cause problems or to defend, or they have a lot of different situations that they can attack you with in the counter. And that's why it's just a game of chess that you leave to Xavi and not people like you and I. Headline four is 1-0 practice. All right, now tongue-in-cheek, one of the other things that Xavi is going to have to do is, with that system, understand who he has and what his team can do and can't do. Maybe there are a few things that they won't be able to do without Dembele. Even if they try to add a right-back, maybe he won't be able to get exactly what he wanted out of a certain system, and they're going to have to fight for some 1-0s. The benefit of a 1-0, even against AC Milan, is that this team knows how to I would hope for the second year, you'd yeah, luck is going to be not in their favor the way it was against Real Madrid. Or you could argue that last season, there was a lot of luck in the Liga and Ter Stegen stood on his head. That luck might not repeat itself. But you have to think that this team at least has a base understanding on how to grind out a game, which again is essential to win the Liga, maybe in a way that it's not for knockout competitions, but it's essential to get points when you're not supposed to, when you haven't earned them. And I see Xavi also continuing to try to figure out different things on that press and trying to figure out who can work in certain situations. We saw Pedri on the left in that midfield three, just so that it didn't stay stagnant. Then Xavi seemed to want his interiors to be able to swap sides to cause some confusion. So Fermin Lopez and Pedri wind up switching, then they switch back. And some of that worked, some of it didn't. Fermin Lopez wins it off Pulisic in the 12th, Barca hits the post. On a Koundé shot, Ferran's shot is blocked, so getting their chances. Then it was a save for Peña in the 18th minute. Fermin Lopez gets turned over in midfield, and Milan breaks the other way. By the 14th minute or so, it felt much more like a preseason pace. But I like to see that Xavi's like, hey, these are what I want to see from y'all. And even if you only do it for 14 or 15 minutes or the first 20 minutes of the match, I'm just trying to put my ideas into play. All that said, though, Barcelona, again, with all these players coming off the bench, more than their opposition because the kids finally got a chance. Barcelona survived the big substitution pattern at halftime before Milan made the big changes. Same thing like Real Madrid. So what that tells me is that Barcelona have distinct instructions given from Xavi. This is what you're going to do in the role. And I like, and we know that Xavi has communication with older players and younger players alike. And these things tell me that even if you don't like the quote-unquote system that he's playing, these players have an understanding of what that is. And I know that's overrating and overhyping a clean sheet against AC Milan in Las Vegas eight hours or 10 to 12 hours after a normal game is played in Barcelona. But the point still stands that it seems like the instructions are pretty distinct for each and every player. I mentioned him before. I'll mention him again. Another solid performance from Oro And as I said against Real Madrid, 
if Oral Mayu is who he was against Real Madrid and is who he was against AC Milan for a whole season, if that is what Oral Mayu is, I will be over the moon with that transfer. And that transfer will have made a thousand times over in sense and financial aptitude, and it'll be a great transfer, very much like Christensen. I know he came for a free, and Oral Mayu was not top of the list and cost a little bit of money, but the point still stands. Oral Mayu, he has not been astounding. He has not been amazing, but he's been exactly what Barcelona paid for. And if that is who he is, Barcelona have got another good piece of business on their hands. And then headline five, who impressed? And I think about this more in the U.S. preseason sense, more than just this game, because we finally did get to see the youngsters in this contest. Lamini Mall comes on in that second half, and he had that move in the 79th that was just tremendous. The ball looked like it was going behind him. He gathered it in, made the move to his left to bring it inside and across the defenders. And defenders will eventually get wise to this, but it'll be fun until they do. And I think the way that Xavi's utilizing Lamini Mall is just perfect. Like, you know that the kid can be, should be, something very special. Whether it's a year or two or three years, who knows? He does physically. I mean, look at when he would stand next to Rafael Leao. They are a few years apart. What is it? Five, six years apart. And certainly they look different. That is how you grow. That is the difference between a child and a grown man. And we saw Leao against Araujo as a grown man. And we saw that he made deaths that being Leao kind of looked like a child <laughs> at times, just because that is a big, strong, athletic man with a lot of speed and power and just a wonderful football is Leao. I know he didn't score anything like that. He played enough of the game for me to be really excited about him. Again, I think he and Saka, like those are not say dream signs for Barcelona, but those are guys I look to in world football. And again, I'm not reinventing the wheel here and telling you anything about players that you've probably seen and admired as well, but boy, just an awesome player. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Alimini Mall does have the potential to be that in the future because the moves, the ideas, how quickly he reads the game, understands the game, how quickly he can understand the balance of the defender and where the ball needs to go to get to the other side of the defender. And not even in 1v1 situations, but understanding where the pressure is coming from. That stuff is all really advanced with what he sees on the field. And now it's just putting it all together. Now it's combining with his teammates, getting those reps in, physically figuring out the game, understanding how to press. I thought it was really telling too that Xavi, once Alas Corrido came on, who is two years older than Lamini Mall, he had Lamini Mall playing deeper, protecting that 1-0 lead as opposed to Corrido, which might be another thing where Xavi's like, hey, I actually do want to get like 10 minutes of seeing you defend a little bit deeper, pressing and doing this job that you're going to have to do when the competition, we'll say, is really trying in the later stages. AC Milan were also putting their subs in too. So I thought that was something. And then Faye late on in the game, playing as a center back on the left center back side with De Young being the right center back and Casado being the defensive midfielder. Alex Valle also got a shot at left back as well late on, coming on for Balde. Fafaye, I watched the same match you did. I'm not going to go completely bananas for a few minutes, for five minutes of action. I watched the match, and then I saw the compilation afterwards, and it was every time he touched the ball. But yeah, the kid is young. He looks fast, and 
He looks like there was a lot of raw ability there, but I have to watch him many, many more times before I have any verdict, before I have any belief in where he'll be in the first team. To be honest, I really just think those five minutes, same thing with Alex Valle. I mean, and if Garrido, if I hadn't seen him many times before with Barca Athletic and then in the UEFA Youth League, I kind of already have an opinion of Garrido. But for Faye, and especially for Faye, who I obviously wasn't watching with Endor for the last second half of last season or Barca Athletic much in the first half, I, I just I don't have a vert on these kids. For Casado, again, five minutes. I, I, I don't know what he's improved upon in the offseason. I don't know where he is. I know what he is for Barca Athletic. He's a really important figure down in the third division for them. I think he's really sound with the ball. Again, doesn't really take too many chances, doesn't take too many risks. And to me, again, he, he, he plays out more like not even a Sergio Roberto, but more like a Carlos Alenia than he does like a Gabi or the next Pedri or whoever the, the stars are, you know, the teenage stars. And that's just where I see Casado at this point, but he is still only 19. He's going to be 20. There's still room to grow. But I don't think Xavi sees him high on that depth chart at all. I think he sees him as still with Barca Athletic, and maybe he'll get a sub or two appearance on the bench with midfield injuries. Who knows what will happen? But yeah, I just I don't see Costado as part of the first team this season. Maybe he needs a loan. But also, in the same respect, who impressed over the course of this preseason, whoever says Fermi Lopez isn't the answer, I don't know what you were watching. I think, yes, Frankie Young was impressive. It was very exciting to see him. Of course, Ansu in this game, getting goal, great. Balde might be the other argument because Balde was arguably Barcelona's best player, a guy who wasn't even supposed to injury-wise play on this tour. And he might have been Barcelona's best player. Is pretty incredible to think. So if you don't say for me, Lopez, who I say he was probably the most impressive because the expectations were obviously zero. I didn't think he would be in the first team picture in any way. And now he's probably going to get a first team number. Because I don't think Xavi's going to have all 25 players. I mean, the way he wants to constitute the first team, he doesn't have all 25 of those numbers even taken. So I think Fermin Lopez might even get a first team number this year, which is pretty wild considering where we were with where he would fit in or obviously where he wouldn't even fit in, maybe with Barca Athletic because he'd gone on loan last season to have him now in the first team dynamic. Obviously, he has to be the answer as who impressed. All right, that's it. Those are the five headlines. So for the next podcast, I can be honest with you. If Dembele leaves in the next like, 24 to 36 hours. We'll have another show this week. If not, there'll be a show on Demily leaving early next week, and we'll get into it there. And then obviously, you'll hear from me next, sometime next week at some point, whether it's because Demily left or not. But again, if he's gone in the next 36 hours, I do expect to be popping in one more time with another special guest later on in this week, in the next 48 hours or something like that. So as always, until next time, Force of Barca. <laughs>